Say hey everybody, welcome to Show to Be with Mike G, the show of guitars, the show of life, the show of booze. Today is fucking Jeff Bowley Day. I can't tell you how many people have just cheered when they heard that Jeff was going to be on the show. I like the fact that I could say the show. Jeff's been everywhere, done everything, and is one of the coolest guys I have ever talked to. We got to talk about Lemmy, we got to talk about Black Flag. The Afghan wigs, which is an interesting story. And we got to talk about how life just takes you different places. It just does. So without further ado, I share with you a great interview with the incomparable Jeff Bully. When I was when I was young and first heard Motorhead for the first time, it was yeah. just that that pedal to the floor fifth gear yeah. rock and roll it, he doesn't it's unabashed there's no there's nothing to compare it to no not at all because you know? he it's it's an ugly he's got a brutish ugly fucking voice he yeah. really does but it's so powerful still oh and the, the tone on the rickenbacker bass is oh it's horrible insane. it sounds like a, it sounds like a tin can <laughs> you know like just a muffled tin can but yeah. there's something so so very driving about oh, it. it's iconic yeah it's iconic and then you know the the driving three chord riffs and right, the, uh, it's punk rock, but it's slowed and it's just a bit more aggressive. It's like you're a trashy, but he's not. He's German, right? But he's not. He's, he's from the states, basically. He's from L.A. More, yeah. Or less, basically, right? he's lived in L.A. most of his adult life. Yeah. Did you ever get to to hang out with him? I've the... had brief moments in no, passing really? with him. Yeah, like basically, just I touched Lemmy. It was basically what it comes down <laughs> did, to. <laughs> did he did he look at you peculiarly? Like, oh no, no, he was he was very gracious and yeah. very nice and shook my hand and uh, but you know at, at twenty two years old I was complete fanboy. Yeah. I was probably drooling on did myself. Did you share a, a drink bit. with them? Uh, I shared a drink with him and about eight other people. Oh, still. Yeah, that's insane. close enough. <laughs> ja- Jack Daniels guy, is that right? Uh, he's a Jack Daniels drinker. Yeah, I think I was guy. drinking Makers at the time, but we all just had whiskey raised up yeah. in there. It was good. that's amazing, man. Yeah. So do you obviously, you know, there's people like some guys are film guys. I know a lot of film guys, but I always, even though I don't know that much about you, I always considered you a music guy. Uh, totally, and that's fair, right? It was my first rock and roll was my first love. Yeah, and you were in a butthole surface shirt, so obviously, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Haynes, you know, he's still in town, right? I think yeah, I, he's still man, around. Funny thing about him, I worked at Best Buy for a long time, and he came into my memory in the early 2000s, and I'm like, get, he's buying RAM for a computer? It was like this mind fuck, because you would never expect he would give any any concern to a computer, you know? Oh, man. So, but that, yeah, so Gibby's, Gibby's one of the cooler parts of Butthole dude. Surfers. Jeff Pincus, man. Jeff, that's, that's your guy? Oh, uh, Jeff Pincus, that bass, the bass and the surfers yeah. is my favorite part to watch. Did you catch them kind of early on in Austin? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, in Dallas. I was living in Dallas, and... Uh, I moved to Dallas in 86, mm. so I was in Dallas from 86 to late 91. Yeah. Was Scratch Acid around that time, too? Yeah. Yeah, did you ever catch them? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, dude, how was it? Oh, great. Yeah, I they mean, were I, awesome. I, I, they, re, they reunited, but I just I didn't catch them, and I, I've seen Yeah, they were... Uh, 
the the shows that I was seeing in Dallas in eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight, um, down in Deep Ellum Theater yeah. Gallery, and and uh, we were seeing we were seeing like the Flaming Lips open for the Butthole Surfers. Yeah, we were seeing you know Scratch ago. Acid and uh, just some really roughneck. The local gringos and yeah, the hickoids yeah, yeah. and bands there, like that. Just and there's apparently some documentary about uh, mid mid early '80s Austin music coming out too. Yeah, it's about time. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't the, get enough the, attention like like Seattle does. Or, yeah, Seattle does. Well, DC. Well, DC deservingly, right? But yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't uh, you bad can't brains. ignore bad brains. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't ignore Minor Threat, Gazi, Red Spring, any of that. Yeah, any of that shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, so where where did you you're here in Austin? I, I have a feeling you've been here for a bit, but you lived in Dallas too. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in San Diego. Oh, cool! Okay. I did a couple of my last two years of high school in San Jose. Yeah, uh, totally my, different vibe, right? Wow, what yeah. a big change that was. Would you why why'd you move to San Jose? Uh, because my mom got married and moved to Dallas from San Diego, and oh, my dad okay. was living in San Jose. I was you like, stayed with your father, Texas. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> But then it's like San Jose, that maybe Texas isn't so bad. I lived in, uh, after I got out of high school, I went up to San Francisco for about a year. Mm-hmm. And an 18-year-old, you know, in boy fresh out of school, high school in San Francisco is Shocking bait. experience? Or <laughs> <laughs> did you make many, uh, many uh, old man's, like, fantasies come true? Oh, man. This I, you know, if I would have been younger. smart enough to be the boy in the bubble and make $1,000 a day, yeah. I probably would still be... It's the good, old man in the bubble. You it's, know? Not, yeah, it's not bad. It's not a bad living. Well, so what kind of? So you were into San Diego to San Jose. This is kind of the. I won't even age you, but let's say it's mid mid eighties, early eighties. Totally yeah. mid eighties. What was what was high school like at that point? Because I I I romanticized the mid eighties because I whether it's new wave stuff we're talking about Morrissey, like I'm a huge Depeche Mode person, but also a massive Minor Threat, Black Flag, like all those those Southern Cal bands or California bands. Yeah, I. Uh, I kind of crossed all those boundaries. I was yeah. a, I was one of the smart kids, like uh-huh. in the smart classes of school. Mm-hmm. But I was also a total stoner, That's rat, crazy. listening <laughs> yeah. to metal. And back then, metal was a it was like the, it, it was like a subversive, man. It was like now it's a bit. You know, everybody's oh yeah, metal. I've heard of metal. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. got the sword. Well, you, well, so you've well. got when you talk about metal, you're talking about eighteen different genres of music. Yeah, now, for sure. You know? Where it was then, it was just it was like Judas Priest and. And and Iron Maiden, right? And the new kids coming up, like Metallica. Yeah, you know, well, talking about mid <laughs> mid eighties. Was that so? Did you have the long hair and the tattered shirts and all I, that? I did that. I got there. Yeah, around twenty. By the time I got to Dallas and started playing in in rock bands, mm-hmm. around the eighties was when I discovered, uh, you know, those. Like those Minneapolis bands, like Husker Du and Soul Asylum and Replacements, and yeah, I mean by nineteen eighty seven, it was different, right? Because it wasn't; it was normal dudes playing abrasively loud music. Yeah, because it's not metal. Because metal, for some reason, like I think about Sabbath, I think about Judas Priest. Those guys put on a show. They were putting on different clothes. They were being different guys. Well, and singing about fairies wearing boots and shit <laughs> right. like that. You know, <laughs> these yeah, guys exactly. were singing about Bob shit Mould's that they... talking about being an alcoholic. Right. You know. <laughs> right. And like Paul Westerberg is just fucking around on tape all the time, being a dude. Yeah. Yeah. Reading. There's reading. Real about reading that. the the uh, the sing the. The, yeah, the, the ads off the back page exactly. of some newspaper. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a different move. So, were you were you playing music in, in high school, or was it just the impetus to kind of get you to start thinking about playing? I was trying to play guitar, yeah. poor, poorly trying to poorly, play guitar, poorly trying. Actually, trying I was poorly. holding a guitar, acting like I played it while I was singing. You know, <laughs> was basically, it for the girls? It was my That's high what most people thing. do. Totally, totally is. <laughs> what was it? What was that guitar? 
335. Oh, cool. My first guitar was a 335. No. It's a good semi hollow, right? Yeah. 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 Gibson E335, right? Yeah, it was actually hollow. Oh, it's totally hollow. Slimline, totally hollow. It was a Chuck Berry guitar. The, didn't let him play it in uh, Plastic Gunna Band too. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. The so, maroon, the maroon one. The maroon. You know? Well, it's like I have this one here, which yeah. is not E three thirty five, but kind of a riff on it. The, yeah. the dots, you know. So you moved to Dallas, and is that when you say, "Oh, now I get the guitar thing"? <laughs> you know, it's kind of the same, <laughs> kind of the same thing for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, moved to Dallas. Uh, went from well, I was also skating back then too. Oh, really? And. Uh, so when well, I, I got mean, to San Dallas, Diego, there were no more thing, pools. Right? Oh, no way. No pools to skate in Dallas, where I'd skated parks and pools and stuff. You I got there. guy? Had to learn. Uh, I'm a Craig Dude. Johnson, okay, Jeff okay. Phillips guy. Jeff Phillips guy. <laughs> it's, but it's, it was a big part of the... I don't think that that was as big of a deal in Texas, like as part of the culture, right? Like skating and stuff. I, I found a pretty good pocket. Did you? Good. Cool. Like uh, the clown ramp in, in Dallas, was. that's where J- Craig and... Jeff and oh, cool. Johnny Gibson was coming up from Houston and mm-hmm. um, just made made a nice little group of skate crew there. Yeah. And you said you were early 20s then? Yeah, I'm at, yeah, right about 20. Something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that leads into, hey, yeah, we're going to go see the Circle Jerks tonight Yeah, at this garage, you know, d- downtown yeah. and uh, start to see those shows and mm-hmm. then watching these guys play guitar. It's, you know. it's fast and furious, man. Hetson yeah. is a, is a, he's nuts. Well, then you go, you look at that and you go, oh, I can totally do that. Yeah. Because well, <laughs> he's just like flailing with sense self against the guitar. You yeah. Know? And it's funny. Like I, I never, these guys on stage seems like such bigger, larger than life. Another dude that came into Best Buy, Greg Hetson, <laughs> buying blank CDs. I'm like, Hey, Greg Hetson. <laughs> he's just like diminutive, kind of mousy, you know, and he's kind of older at that point. And it's like, you can't even imagine how voracious they are. On, on stage just being that way and saw mike watt a couple weeks ago what oh man in town? He, yeah he uh during acl you know jeff smith that uh singer from the hickoids that yeah, has yeah, a, yeah he's got a record label down in san antonio mm-hmm. every uh every acl the first week of acl he comes up here and he throws a free festival no where, where is it where is that he played this year he had a couple of different venues this mm. year the big shows were at gatsby Okay, cool, cool. Over there across from uh, Easy Tiger. Yeah, yeah. So he, Mike Watt played Thursday and Friday. What the he, Mike Watt just came in to just, play bass on stuff? Just came in. Wow. He had the shows booked, the free shows, yeah. Thursday, Friday. Uh, I couldn't make the Thursday show. Walked mm-hmm. into the Friday show and walked yeah. up to Jeff, said, how was last night? He goes, oh, it was great. You know, he did it. He did, you know, ball hog tugboat. He right, did some right. fire hose stuff. Really good. And I was like. You think he's going to do that tonight? I want to hear the old stuff. And Man. Jeff kind of leans in. And he goes, how do you like the Minutemen? <laughs> and he did They're pretty good, about an hour and 20 minute no Minutemen set. You know what? You know how many how many people I t- heard talk about that show? Zero. You're you kidding. Well, I, I was probably the youngest person in the crowd. But still, man, that's insane. Like that happened just down down the street. But then Drake's you got all this press and stuff. It's right. like, it's insane to yeah. think about that. Because Mike, from my understanding, he doesn't play Minutemen stuff all that often, does he? Not very often. He's just torn with Iggy, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then that's in doing some rock opera concept albums and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he's got the this band, the Missing Men, mm-hmm. who are two guys I can't remember either of their names, but. Uh, they went to back him up on the tour of his last record, uh-huh. the one before this one that right, recently right. dropped. And uh, the guys that recorded that record couldn't go on tour with him. Oh, so he pulled these two guys, 
they called them the missing men. <laughs> so they toured that record. Uh, opening, they were opening for Dinosaur. Oh, yeah, because he was, because Jay, Cause, wasn't Jay playing guitar for Iggy? Like, or, yeah, he was, he, wasn't he? He stud, did some shows, yeah. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh, man, I got to see, uh, I got to see Jay Maskus in the fog. In, oh, really? Uh, in Portland about 10 or so years ago. That's Mike it? Watt and Jay Maskus. Oh, dude. Loud? <laughs> so, so much guitar <laughs> how many like, how many he, he, he put so many cabs on stage like it doesn't even it i think scientifically it doesn't even make sense <laughs> like it, it's not actually well you know jay after the fourth cab it's actually can't get any louder it's like more it can more. actually get a little bit louder more. it can get a little bit louder oh you ever yeah. talk to him he's one of my favorites yeah yeah, yeah he's the sweetest guy he seems like a totally great guy he is the sweetest Soft-spoken, guy spoken right yeah Ghost white hair now. Looks like Gandalf. <laughs> he, <does> look like <laughs> he played a yeah. few years back at uh, Cedar Street down, yeah. downtown yeah, yeah. in Austin. Right by Peche, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That little tiny uh-huh. little thing. And they had to, without really planning, had to block off the end of uh, 4th Street oh, shit, really? at Colorado and Lavaca because the street just piled. The people oh, just the people piled just out. wanted to see it. That's insane that he's still got that kind of pull. That's oh, wonderful to sure. see, man. I think it's the the antithesis of modern music which for many of us doesn't really work conceptually right yeah i mean go back isn't that what brought you to sonic youth yeah dude that was my first show ever wow rem and sonic youth (laughs) sonic youth opening up for rem for the the monster tour and i hadn't been to a live show before and i was sitting there (laughs) welcome (laughs) welcome to live music i'm like my mom was always reticent to let me go i missed nirvana in like 94 because i was so young but she let me go to the show which was a wonderful send off into the foray of shows and stuff (laughs) and sonic you started playing i was like i think this is gonna kill me how loud this is (laughs) because they're playing music with feedback that that was not a concept i understood at at 14 year old yeah you know so it was a really, really wonderful experience. And REM like seemed so mild. That well, I mean, I guess they were, but they're so mild in comparison. How great for them to take Sonic Youth out on the road. Oh, per- perfect. Neil gosh, Young dude. did it too. He took Sonic Youth. Neil out. Young. Uh, I saw. God, I don't even know what that what year that was, but I saw Sonic Youth, Social Distortion, Neil Young, and Crazy Horse. Oh Jesus! In a Where? stadium show. Oh man! At Reunion Arena in Dallas. That was the show. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> I'm not a big social distortion fan. I'm, I'm not just going to put that out there. But, you know, if you play three chords pretty well and you can sell it, sell yeah. it, Mr. Ness. I mean, shit. <laughs> Rewrite Johnny Cash songs. Yeah, and, exa- exactly. And just exactly. do it. And yeah. he, he's from uh, Orange County, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, were they, when you were kind of growing up, here's here's my dream thing. I hope that, that, that you caught like a Black Flag show when you were in your teen years in San Diego. Yeah. Oh, yeah, shit, in San really? Diego, I was uh, more, yeah, flag TSOL. TSOL, yeah. TSOL yeah, was yeah. a big one that I used to see back then. Oh, that's crazy. How um, were those shows? Violent? Virulent, as they say? Uh, I think it got more crazy later, like later on. I'm sure it was. When it got like, when they got bigger? Maybe when I was, maybe when I was big enough to get in the middle is yeah, probably when it yeah, got yeah. crazier. It's just. That's Back insane. then, I think I just kind of stood where I could see the show and just yeah. watch the fray. You know, did you did you feel like something special was going on? Because yeah. we, I look back at it now, I, I you know I was just a tad bit too young and I didn't fucking live in California, but you know there was something going on that definitely. defined something. You know, yeah, in, in you American can definitely music. feel that energy for sure. Yeah, what do you think about how 
<laughs> well, Faith No More is a good story. I think they put out a pretty good record. But what do you think about Black Flag trying to reincarnate and do all these different versions with Greg Jane? I stuff? saw the Keith Morris. I saw the Flag uh, one a couple of years ago. I love at, Keith uh, Morris. I mean, Off's amazing still. I'll watch. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch him. I'll watch him no play in what, any right? band. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went to Riot Fest a couple. They played Riot Fest a couple of years ago up mm-hmm. in Chicago and uh, Killer. Or yeah, just, uh, they were they were awesome. Was you know, it man? Four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. People riled up stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. That's inc- it's incredible. I mean, so obviously that I, that must have built up in you, and you started to actually learn how to play guitar at some point, right? Well, I wanted to learn how to play all those songs, you know. Yeah, because they're not so hard. The circle jerks are doing it. It's like, man, this is maybe four chords in this song, but it's so yeah. freaking powerful. So at some point, well, I, I mean, gr- in my growing up formative years, when I told you I was pretending to play guitar, yeah, yeah. I was looking at players like Jimmy Page. Right, you know, dude. I mean, that it, seems unattainable as shit, right? Yeah, Even though he's just the looking sloppiest like, huh, guitar player no ever. Way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's falling into his guitar. Like he's barely awake when he's doing. Oh, it. I know it. Inarticulate dude. Yeah. But he could still. be just tumbling down some <laughs> in some empty cavern, you know, in a dryer. Just, somewhere yeah. <laughs> right but that's good but that's right i think that's a common story for for a lot of the guitar guitar players that i, that I knew from that era right where there's like i can't i can't play like hendrix i can't play like clapton yeah i can't fucking play like jimmy page but hell if i'm not gonna try to pay oh, play i can play like joe strummer though X, absolutely right three, <laughs> powerful three chords the jam paul weller like you could do any of that sure stuff. yeah it opened up a lot of possibilities so <laughs> and the, also writing too yeah as a as a 19-year-old kid and the thoughts that go around a 19-year-old kid isn't like like Tolkien references. Right. Or, you know, like so psychedelic experiences that I hadn't had yet. You know, right. writing is more like, get off my back, mom. Yeah, what the so. fuck, <laughs> It's all revolutionary, reactionary, right? What it, yeah, you know, the, it's funny... Looking, if you were to look back at the twenty-year-old version of yourself, would you would you think like, what do you what do you know, man? Oh man, I have a twenty-year-old. Do you really? Yeah, daughter, son, son. Yeah, how's and, that? Is, uh, it, yeah. is it cool seeing? Did you see yourself in him? And I, I do. Like, yeah, r- yeah. Right now, he's the I know everything and you don't know anything <laughs> version of you know that I was when I was twenty. Will he take any any musical advice? Like, hey, he, you know he you totally knows everything about music, but yeah. Um, He's he uh, he was a high school football hero. Oh no, kidding! And uh, and got recruited to go uh, play at a Division two school. Uh-huh. And he told me when it was time to roll around, he goes, "Man, I don't want to limp anymore. I'm tired of limping." Makes sense. Like, what do you want to do? I said, "I want to make music." That's incredible. So we sent him to a uh, to a recording uh, engineering school. Yeah. Here, now he um, writes beats and he's a is he is he in austin yeah oh cool so when you say we is it your girlfriend uh, your wife his mom and i oh cool cool we're, we've been separated for good, still a long, long time good, yeah we're good terms though right we're still yeah we're still parenting partners good you know? good so we had that work out for did he pick an instrument too like you kind of pick guitar did he he, he gravitate towards he's you? on the computer he's writing beats gotcha rapping yeah writing rhymes how do you, what do you, you like it yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not my. It's that. It's not your it's style. That, right, it's that right. new. It's the new style. But then you know, when we ride in the car together and stuff, I'm like, I'm throwing on the Far Side or yeah, well, that's De La Soul. Or, oh, dude, you can't. I mean, De La Soul is classic. Yeah, where it starts at least most of it, like in the '90s and modern. That's where my. That's where my hip hop started. Yeah, was De La. For, for me too. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I don't know why. I guess uh, you know, I spent some time growing up in Salt Lake City. Which is really the widest place I've ever lived. <laughs> I, I I always vow that I hadn't seen a Mexican until I moved to Texas because it's fucking Salt Lake. 
but but you know you you think about De La Soul and even that which now seems pretty mild that was like pretty subversive even yeah that, right and but it, it's huge thing Q-tip right like I don't know the stuff that that he's worked on since too so yeah yeah Prince Paul I mean I think yeah. Prince Paul is the is the the, the, the key that holds everything together yeah. and all of that and that's the that's those things that he writes attract me so. When we're riding in the car, my, I know my kid's writing beats. I'm like, you got to listen to this dude's beats. You know, it's, check that's this the out. best part of fathering, right? It's like setting him straight. It's like, hey, I get what you're doing. It makes sense. Sounds good. But just some knowledge for you, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you make and him mixtapes and, and stuff? What's that? I mean, do you make him like mixtapes and stuff like that? If he's receptive to it. Yeah, not anymore. No. He'll... Uh, He'll he'll follow a playlist on my Spotify station. Or oh, something. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. what's well, I mean, that's about as good as you can get. Now. Yeah, the that's digi- the, that's today's mixtape anyway. Digital age, yeah, yeah. for click, sure. Click, click, man. It's yeah, that whole experience has been degraded a bit. But like stepping away from vinyl, stepping away from the large. CD well, maybe boxes. you stepped away from vinyl. I was listening to Wilco's AM this morning. <laughs> no, you were not. Really. <laughs> purest son of a bitch right well but i love this spotify shit i love That's carrying awesome. around love like like eight of my record collections oh, in my yeah. pocket it's it's for an audio it's an audio files wet dream oh, or digital God. wet dream if yeah. you will it's insane or someone with such widely varied interests as, as we have yeah. you know to show up at work and go oh man i really just want to listen to squeeze right you're like, ah, oh, I don't have any squeeze on my iPod or Guess my. Guess who has it? My dealer, <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> my my music dealer. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how that works. Like I was listening. I don't know if you. I really like a lot of Brit rock. I don't know why. I just kind of gravitated toward it. Yeah. And there's there's a couple good records out. Like the well, the Wolf Alice. I don't know if you've heard that. That's a great solid rock record. Up for the Mercury Award this this year too. Oh no, I don't think I've heard that. It's front to back, like a record, a great record. And All right. uh, they're young, man. They. They played. I saw them their first show in the U.S. at, at uh, Holy Mountain before it closed, and that is a band to, to watch. Like one of the one of the few, like, yeah, the classic rock band. And then the Drenge. You ever heard of those guys? Uh-uh. Man, I was listening to that new record today too. Talking about good, like a great the Drenge. Record. Drenge, just right. straight up D R E N G. But so you, what was the band? What was that first band called where you were playing guitar? <laughs> we were we were called, the first one yeah i know we were called noise flood noise flood that's pretty good it's a it was a a, a buddy of mine that uh that was the other guitar player saw this play this german play mm. about the flood and noah oh, and it was I called okay. no noise flood n-o Y-E-S with umlauts. I got it. Flood, you know. The fancy German version of the flood. (laughs) (laughs) Noah's flood, the German version. Das flood. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, that was was a pretty noisy, feedbacky band. I think we were trying to blend. I think we were trying to be... I was thinking about this about a couple of weeks ago. I think we were trying to be... If Bad Brains had been white and grew up in Minneapolis... Oh, like, dude, that's a, <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like uh, a little bit punkier and less self-loathing Husker Du. Yeah. Basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's Because they're not, because they're so emotional. And, you know, obviously he was a depressive dude for a long yeah, time. Yeah, we were more uh, singing of the joys of debauchery. Yes. <laughs> See, that's good. Rattling across it. So were you guys playing just in Texas? Were you touring around a bit? We stayed in Texas, Dallas. Austin, Houston. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much the the run. We could go to Oklahoma City. Oh, sure. There was a bar in Oklahoma City there. we could play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was about as far as that band got. 
Was uh, it something? Did it pique your interest in doing that as a career at that yeah. point? Like, was that was that the goal the whole time? Is like I got to just do this. This is my calling. I think uh, I think we started that band because we wanted to open for our friends the Buck Pets. <laughs> oh yes, not a bad reason to start a band. So yeah, and once we did that a couple of times, then it was like, oh well, we can be a rock band too. Yeah, and uh, so it evolved, didn't it? It version did. Two. It did. It evolved into like losing having to lose band members and friends to bring someone what, in that can happens, actually man. hold the fort down. Yeah, you get mature and you're like, man, you know it would be good? A drummer. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a drummer, a guy that knows drums. Right, you know? yeah. Instead of tossing Or maybe has them. Or maybe has them. <laughs> Did you guys have the, the debacle that is that of finding a bass player, which you just try to get no, a guitar actually, player? No, actually, we, we, one of the founding, one of the guys mm-hmm. in Noise Flood was a guy that I took with me for the next 12 years playing. Good friend of yours still? Jonathan, yeah. Jonathan oh, cool. Mulkey was his name. A great, great bass player. Speaking of the Rickenbacker bass, yeah, he played one of those. That same kind of tinny, really rough. And really yeah. Kind of, which, yeah. Uh, even he probably did a little, smacking. by the end of it, was probably doing a little smacking too. Yeah. You know, it's we were pretty- listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers back I, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, yeah, it's a fleet thing. Because he was kind of the guy to bring it back. Yeah, Not he a really lot of was. People really slapped. I mean, well, those guys. Stuff, I mean, you but... talk about the Chili Peppers now, and, and you you're like, man, Ugh. I used to love it, and then people just go, oh, Chili Peppers. Do okay. So about the Chili, <laughs> do they not sound like the best high school talent show band you ever heard? <laughs> you're talking about <laughs> Chili now. Peppers now. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. It's every song is like, oh, I think I heard this in the '90s when some 16 year olds put a song together. Yeah. and I mean. It's like they took Pro Tools back to the 90s. Yeah, it, it's so formulaic to a point where it's just kind of, it's flabby, man. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like, freaky styly. No, it's not. I yeah. mean, even Blood, Sex, Sugar, Magic's good. It's a great, the production on the album's great. Excellent. It sounds great, you know. Yeah. Uh, Mother's Milk's good, you know. Yeah. So, but you have this difference. That's probably about the end of their run for me, Mother's yeah. Milk. Yeah, well, when, when Frashante left, I mean, you, what happens when you lose, lose the soul of your band? Seriously, man. The guys, he Well, can't I mean, they it. snap back getting Frashante after Hillel. Right, you know? sure. They, they, you, you get like one chance to do that. You that, don't get to uh, just keep replacing. miraculous transformation, too. Like their maturity, you know, from Hillel to... To, to Frashante. I mean, well, like it's the it's the same thing that happened. I think that that maturation had happened when uh, when they canned Bob Stinson from the replacements and oh. replaced him with Slim Dunlap. Yeah. Okay, that's you know, fair too. They made a kind of started writing songs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, this guy can play along with me. Okay, yeah. That's oh, this is good. This is good. This is, we got a volley going now. You know, yeah. instead of having to let's call Alex Chilton and see if he wants to rec- record a record. Yeah, he's for not us. doing anything. <laughs> Big, Big Star's done, right? Totally done. So, how did that work out? That second incarnation of the band. So, still noise flood. Actually, we we changed the name to Snatch Lizard. Snatch Lizard. Snatch Lizard was the band. That, a pretty pleasant name. Sure. I would love to see the shirts actually. For what oh, Snatch there were Lizard. some shirts. <laughs> there were some shirts and posters. We got we had a couple of friends that were just incredible artists that would that did some great posters for us. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy, weird, kind of gross. And this stuff. is is this uh, early nineties or still eighties? We are. About 88, oh, 89 man. then. Things are getting ready Deep to Deep Elm is blowing up. Yeah. We went from two, you know, garage, open door, open garage door bars mm-hmm. to, you know, nine no. live music venues oh, in that's about crazy. two and a half years. Did the people come? Yeah. Totally did. They were ready came. for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of like uh, subculture in a sense, right? They, yeah. They were, 
there was only one place to go. Yeah. And a lot of people from all over that, bit, that huge Dallas area city. to come in. Yeah. So that one, that one. That went fun. That was fun. Did we were like a troublemaker band. Did you, as you kind of matured and evolved, I imagine the sound evolved as well. And did you guys tour then? Or we did. Kinda, yeah. We took it out a little bit. Yeah. Um, How was that that experience? That shit will break you. <laughs> <laughs> did you end up killing any of your band members? Well, not me directly, but okay. we lost. I was. I did the. I did the count the other night with a, mm. some guys that I'm playing with right now. I was yeah. like, oh, that band killed five people. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, that's how it goes, man. Not directly, but you know, there was a big drug thing going on in Dallas yeah. back then. And What was the yeah? What was the drug in Dallas at that point? Uh, heroin, heroin was, the, heroin was, the, was the one that was killing a lot of people back then. It wasn't yet. Then. Well, actually, I guess it, uh, once it, tra- it transferred into the... The suburbs at some point. Oh, yeah. It was a big thing, like Plano and stuff. Plano High School, yeah, yeah, the big drug thing in Plano. Are you bored? And you, I mean, I, I never got that. Like, you got money, you got a good family. You got <sighs> yeah, a car, but like that's, that can sometimes be the curse. Sure. You Boredom. Know, that easy life. Yeah. Here. No struggle. You're 16. Here's your new car. Here's everything. What do you need? Okay, you got it. Yeah. I can't buy you heroin. Oh, all right, there we go. Then that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Dad don't give me heroin. I'll get my own heroin. I can get my own heroin. Yeah. And there, it was there to for for the taking for the getting. Yeah. So it, it did it work out? I, I'm I want to I want to think that you guys got an offer that you were on a, a small indie label that you got to travel around the. Vid. <laughs> oh, I love I love this story, but that's no, that's not how it. No, worked it didn't. <laughs> no. I actually um, another band that was playing around Dallas at the time called Last Rites. Mm-hmm. It's um, a vaguely familiar, but they came out of uh, they came out of the Denton scene, right? UNT um, kind of thing, R.E.R. Yeah. right? And uh, they were a funk kind of a funk thrash mm-hmm. band when that was really starting to come up. Um, recording their third record, uh, kind of trying to move into more of that. I hate to say it, but into that kind of grunge mm-hmm. feel. Um, a lot more flowing stuff, a lot more structure. sustained guitar structure, right. a lot more first chorus, verse. long vocals instead of rackety, rackety, rackety. And, right, uh, right. Uh, I was waiting tables at an Italian restaurant back then, and uh-huh. I looked up one night at the host stand, and three of the guys from that band are standing there, kind of looking at me. Did they, like, oh, can we go? Can we sit in Jeff's section? Did you get? So you knew each other. Yeah, yeah, because you've been playing around, right? We've been playing. Yeah, we played yeah, yeah. gigs together and stuff, and you know, after parties and all that. Yeah, we right, were. Right. We we knew each other. Good, uh, good community, I guess, at that point. Sure. Yeah. Sure. A lot of bands, you know, we'd do five band bills. Oh, okay. So you yeah, guys you, become buddies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. So these guys sit down. I'm like, what's what's up? Mm. Bass player, drummer, and guitar player. <laughs> hey, <laughs> there's somebody missing. What's going on? <laughs> uh, what are you guys doing? They're like, oh, we just came from the studio and we're recording a new record and. What time you get off? Because we'd like to talk to you about something. I was like, oh, it's going to be hours, but what's up? Yeah. Like, well, Pete, the singers, he's not, he's not hitting what we want to hit here. Yeah. We want you to come and like listen to the record and see if maybe you can do it. And so I joined that band later on no that kidding. night. Uh, you said this was their third record? This is their third record. And a different. And so I, now you singing comes into the picture. I didn't realize this. We didn't even chat about we that. We basically... Played the rest of their last right shows that were booked and changed our name to Methatone. Okay. Which uh, had some good, we had some good times. We yeah. uh, we had a lot of opening, uh, great opening slots. Mm-hmm. What's any one that you remember that was like particularly great? 
Uh, Afghan wigs. Oh shit! Really? Got to open for them. Got to open for uh, the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow. Really? That's insane. Before Lala, before they did Lollapalooza, I met after right? the first. Oh, after the first. After okay. the first Lollapalooza, they were. That was crazy. I mean, that was the craziest, craziest shit. Stuff. When you open for them, you actually close the show. Oh. You know, they do their show, yeah, and then yeah. the band plays after them. Oh, that's crazy. I remember coming out to do our first song, which is this big, you know, driving right, right. thing, lights flashing and everything. And uh, and the the room at Trees is completely full because it mm-hmm. was a sold out thing for them. And everyone's kind of looking over my shoulder. And I finally look back from the mic stand and like four of the freaks <laughs> are like perched on top of our amplifiers like oh, gargoyles. Man. just like. And then there's some dude out. trying to pick up a mic stand with a wiener, which is just <laughs> how, how it works out. <laughs> That's the guy they were looking at. This yeah, guy. we did some great uh, shows, small tours, like you know, like regional yeah. stuff. Never took that thing out west like like we wanted to. Did you think that would have changed things? Um, nah, I don't know. No, it's a, it know. was an interesting time at that point. I mean, they were we're, they, now we're the in ninety one really in Dallas. Pulling, yeah, they're pulling they're pulling all the all the the, the mock mock up bands that are kind of like Nirvana and Soundgarden yeah. and stuff, and so. It, People even say, I mean, you, you talk about Pearl Jam and stuff, although they've they've proved the test of time. But at the time, people were like, oh, they're just another oh, yeah. band from Yeah, from I Seattle. think even those guys thought they were going to be a one or two off band back oh, when think, they started. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, that's I'm actually really impressed with their career so far. They just, they're a rock band. They're like Zeppelin to me in the fact they like stuck around. Well, yeah, like, except for they lasted, what, 25 <laughs> years instead of, instead of Zeppelin. 10 like, oh, years, maybe? <laughs> something, like, something like that, under 10? Uh, 68 to 80. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right? it's about right. Yeah, 12 yeah. years. Yeah, because uh, Led Zeppelin won 69. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just under 12 years, probably. Yeah. Fucking at least longer than the Beatles. Jeez. True. Yeah. How, how do you, uh, I guess it was easier to put your stamp on shit back then. I guess so. Yeah, smaller pond, if you think, or smaller pool. I guess. Well, and you, once a year, you have to put out nine songs. Right. Yeah, doesn't sound so now, bad now. Now actually. twice a year, you got to put out like a twenty-eight song, you know, <laughs> yeah. release single every. Like a Weezer keeps putting out songs every four weeks. It seems like like why? Up with that? Why are they? This is not the radio. Doesn't care. Nobody, you know, it, it's totally different. Well, I mean, do, now. Uh, do you listen to the radio? No, it's horrible. Oh, yeah. Spotify all the way. Yeah, let me curate it. Yeah, you know, I'll exactly pick what I want. Yeah, I mean, and that's you know, obviously that's the, at the the plight of the music industry in a lot of different ways. And that's why vinyl is actually the, the largest segment now in terms of revenue. And mm-hmm. it's the largest growing segment because I, w- I was chatting with one of my friends here the other night. And I said, the reason it, that vinyl makes sense is because the people that used to buy vinyl, vinyl know how, physically know how to pay for music. Some kids, some kids, some kids don't like. They don't even like. Wait, I give you money for this? Pay? pay. What the hell are you talking about? Like, we just remember it was a transaction. We just put our hand out. We get some yeah. cash, and that's how it worked. And and it's funny how that stuff. Because now those kids, when we were sixteen, we had no money, and now we have no money, but we'll find money to buy music with. You oh, know? I have more concert shirts now than I ever had exactly when I was a kid. Right. I go it's to so a show, crazy. and I'm like, oh, rad shirt, yeah. 20 bucks done i was gonna spend that at the bar <laughs> i'm still gonna spend it at the bar hell yeah we know it doesn't make any difference we're gonna get what we want have to you get. seen that uh vinyl me please no what record is club uh-uh oh shit it's been i, I saw it on facebook and just kind of looked into it mm-hmm. um they send you a, a like kind of a special release record yeah every month oh cool uh 
it's a it's a good chunk. It's a couple of hundred bucks for a year subscription. Yeah. But uh, once a month, though, you said once a month finals, you get this package. Well, I didn't. I was like, I'm not dropping two hundred bucks That's on that. Bit, yeah. uh, but I saw this little. They're doing a warehouse re- sale release. Whatever mm-hmm. these three records that we've sent out are available. Yeah, it's like twenty six bucks for that Wilco AM twentieth oh, cool. gatefold release on tangerine orange vinyl, oh, hundred and eighty so cool. gram vinyl. Yeah, it's great. It comes in this package. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got the record. It's got uh, a little bit of prose, uh-huh. and it has a cocktail recipe. No shit. The idea. Oh, and it also has an album-sized piece of original art. Tell me what Tweety drinks. I think we all kind of want to know what Jeff Tweety drinks. <laughs> it's Tito's vodka. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's basically a vodka Collins with Topo Chico float. I see. I see. That Vod- makes sense. Yeah. Pretty common. Sure. Very the- Austin. Very awesome. Tito's, it was specified in there. Yeah. So the idea is you go and you, you put the record on, mm-hmm. you make yourself a drink, you, you look at the it. art, you read the poem. A full experience. Every month. That's killer. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That is pretty cool. Yeah, I would have never thought that that... That's where people want experiences now. That's what they're buying. They're buying experiences. Because yeah. uh, music's kind of transactional. People don't don't really consider value in it a lot of the time. Like, yeah. I, and I don't under, I don't blame them. A lot of the songs, it's like, yeah, this was good. I, I heard this when I was shopping at Macy's for 30 seconds. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm done with it. Like, I'm not engaged. You know, I'm not connected. Where, did, where was this? Where was this? Oh, it was the pasta aisle at H-E-B. That's where I, got, <laughs> that's where I heard that song. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I was uh, buying black beans. And- well, now I'm, yeah. Now, so I don't spend a whole lot of money on music unless mm-hmm. I'm at a show right. and they're selling a record. Yeah, because you know it goes right to them. Right? Yeah, or you know the t-shirts. That's where I spend my my money on a band anymore. Yeah. It's like at well, their show. That's great. By their because you know they're gonna get a cut yeah. of that, and it's no three sixty deal in that case. You know. Well, and the, my other contribution to uh, to bands, I've got a uh, one of my favorite bands from from the Dallas area, and mm-hmm. one of my favorite Texas bands in general is a band called Pleasant Grove. Mm-hmm. You heard I'm not them? Familiar, no. Really great, melodic, beautiful, mm-hmm. textural, dynamic band. Yeah. Um, I put their record on uh, replay uh-huh. when I go to bed at night. Oh, really? And I just let the record play over and over on silent ne- while it's sitting next to my bed. Oh, I mean, do you love that noise, that so, needle? Well, no, I mean, I don't even hear it. No. But it's registering as listens on their Spotify uh, account. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you remember there was that band that did that? Like, that I think out of California, they just had a 30-minute silent track. And they could, they, you just yeah, it was, like, it was like five second songs. Yeah, so something it, like that. They had their fans just play repeat every night. Brilliant, so. brilliant. So speaking, so when I, we both have kind of like a musical past and all this, and so I, my, one of the records I worked on is on Spot, is on uh, Pandora, and I didn't realize that. <laughs> so every now and again, you know, Sound Exchange will send me a check for twelve bucks. Twelve like, bucks, hell yeah! I'm doing better than I don't know pavement probably now. You know, <laughs> God forbid, you know, but. But yeah, it's it's just a weird, it's a totally weird industry. Yeah, it is now. Twelve well, bucks. They uh, the Buck Pets had a song, I believe, and used in a commercial or on a television show or something. And mm-hmm. uh, my friend Chris showed me one time the the checks he would get. Yeah, and he had like a stack of like two cent. Oh, it's such a waste of everything. Checks. <laughs> it's like a negative ten bucks when you figure in fuel. Right. You know, you, like those checks are costing mm. everybody ten bucks. Oh yeah, it's insane. It's just a weird. It's a weird model now. But at some point, the the band, you guys, you said it was 
methatone 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 yeah. yeah so you guys broke up i imagine i had to i got to, i you know we talked about what was going on in dallas that around yeah. that time and i could get myself involved in some of that it yeah. was did you did you start kind of seeing that it could draw you in the bad it could draw me in it yeah. did you know yeah here and there draw me in i i got a good head on my shoulders i yeah. never i never get too never get too deep to into it. things but uh was that between like a, that between what was going on up there and a cute little girl that I started hanging out with in Austin. <laughs> I came down here. <laughs> this is kind of funny. I came down here to hang with my friend Jeff, uh-huh. and we went to uh, a swimming hole down on Barton uh, Creek called mm-hmm. Campbell's Hole. Okay. It's roaring. It's like the beach down there. You know, oh, the water's okay. rolling, and there's people everywhere. And I, and I come back to Dallas, and I'm like, man, I'm just going to go back there and stay. just go to Campbell's Hole every day. And yeah. <laughs> so I, I made the move pretty quickly in a, yeah. in a matter of weeks. So you met the, uh, let's call her the small, cute girl. You met her in Dallas? You met her in Austin? Met her in Dallas. Did she come with you? Well, she was living down here. Oh, okay. I so ran she into was her in when I was hanging with my friend Jeff. Oh, right. Here's this creek flowing. It's the beach. It's wonderful. I'm like, there's nothing Sold. like this in Dallas. Done. I'm probably saving my life yeah. by getting out of here. Came down here, went over to Jeff's house. I'm like, let's go down to the creek. He's like, oh, that shit's dried up. Damn it. I said, it dries up. Bait and switch. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but this town, but it's stuck, you know? Yeah. When it, what year was that when you came down? Uh, Late 91. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, it's a totally different entity then. Oh, completely. Do you like it? Do you, do you like how what it's become? Some. Somewhat. Yeah. I mean, mo- most of it. Yeah. Uh, disappointment in the, in the city for the way that they planned this right. this growth, but I don't or think anybody planned the growth. I don't think anybody could have planned for what happened in like '99 to this town. Yeah, you that's know, a good point. the huge boom. There was no way to huge, and people from California love it, love coming over here and stuff. I don't know if it's because of tech or or what, but I, I mean, it just keeps growing and it's well. You sell your two bedroom house out there, and you come oh, and you yeah. get a so well, it's a million dollars for my <laughs> thousand square foot house right. in San Jose. Yeah, even, you know. And then you just come down here, and you can you can actually live like a king for a little while. For a little while. At what point was that transition? Did you do? I'm sure you did. You're you're a lifer. I can tell, man. The same with me. Like whether or not I'm putting out a record or whether I'm playing in a band, like I can't let music go. Yeah, I just can't. But at some point, you you started. You said you were waitering at an Italian place in Dallas. Yeah. Like, did this, you get this, into well, the, the service, service industry? industry fit back then? Yeah. Because you could go, all right, I got to leave for two and a half weeks. Right. I got to go on my tour. Shifts, you know? Yeah, for sure. So when moving down here, that kind of became the the main source. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, you know, I started cooking. Mm. Started cooking and uh, and kind of stayed with okay. that for a while. Were you a line chef, sous chef, head line, chef? Line cook at, uh, you know where the Maiko Sushi is down on 6th Street? Maiko, yeah, yeah, yeah. That used to be... Uh, Sfuzi, S F U Z Z I. It was a New York company that went public and opened up a whole bunch of oh, locations. Really? What kind of cuisine? Italian. Oh, okay. stuff. So, so you worked there. Worked there. Worked under a great chef that was, you know, one of the first people I ever met that was like CIA. Yeah, I thought that was totally a huge deal. Legitimately trained and stuff. Yeah, you learn um, a lot. I love that, and then left that shit and went and worked at Magnolia Cafe for four years. Hell yeah! <laughs> Which one? The one on? Uh, I worked at both of them eventually, yeah. but mostly at that Lake Austin. That's place. such an amazing place. Oh man, it's still like the, the and that was a weird. That was an anomaly of like 
40 people who just absolutely loved each other. We spent all of our social life together no and kidding. all of our like a little family. Awesome. That's crazy. Was awesome it different? Was it, it it probably looked about the same, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure they've updated anything in the construction, but it's still that's what that's where the charm comes from that place. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize I had no and I've been in Austin since 2000 and I had no idea that it was the omelet tree at one point. That was the or that that was, that the, was original. the starting point. Yeah, Omelet no Tree idea. had two two kids, mm-hmm. and it was Kirby, Kirby Lane and, and Magnolia Cafe. That's crazy. I had no idea. Yeah, and I heard it was uh, over a bitter divorce. That's how those things. That's how that went down. Yeah, yeah. a bitter divorce and a bitter management owner uh, relationship. Not good. Yeah. Did it so. slow down, or was was a cool place to work? It was. It was always a cool place to work. Yeah. Uh, I left there to open Stubbs. No shit. And I was working the kitchen at Stubbs when really? they opened. That's cool. How was the did anybody care about barbecue back then? Yeah, I mean, it's something. I mean, but it's like a massive powerhouse. Yeah, I mean, not now. like today. No one was standing in line at nine in the morning <laughs> to get Stubbs barbecue at lunch. Uh, I tell you, the brisket though, I'm pretty close. <laughs> something, somewhere stand around for that. But so that's so I'm at. You're around music, obviously, but at some point, you did you train? When did you transition from behind the the counter and the in the the kitchen to the bar? That, uh, well, I left Stubbs, I left Stubbs in 96 to go cook at a fly-in lodge in Alaska for a couple of years. Wow. So. Did you leave the, the short, cute girl in Austin? Oh yeah. She, she was a was done. flash in the pan. Yeah, I see. Yeah. At this point I've. She I've, was all dried up much like the creek. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 that's <laughs> good. That's good. <laughs> I, uh, I had actually, my girlfriend that I left in Dallas. Hmm followed me down here and wouldn't wouldn't let go of me and we ended up having a kid and getting married how did that work out yeah that fizzled out after a little bit of time yeah. but I mean, uh, yeah I, i've been i've been married <laughs> <laughs> i plan on doing it again but this time you know the second time i think it's gonna it feels feels like the right thing you look you time. look you know what you're looking for a little bit better the second Way time around thing, right <laughs> like you imagine yourself getting i mean now you're you have a much more exquisite tastes you can understand which things did not work yeah i need to let go of some of those exquisite tastes at this point <laughs> <laughs> that's good so so Alaska, Alaska, man, Alaska wait, and then how, wait, Portland. how do you get connected with an Alaska gig? There's no internet. Well, there is, but there's not really internet. How did that it was kind of weird. It was a uh, a girl that worked for me in the kitchen at Stubbs mm-hmm. went up to uh, to work at this lodge. She and her sister went up to work at this unknown, yeah, remote lodge. Where, where in Alaska was it? Uh, east of Denali Park, about sixty miles. Totally secluded, I imagine. Yeah, by Cessna. Crazy. You take the trash out. Yeah. My Cessna, you know. That's incredible. It was a, like it was it? a great time in my life. How is it socially when you're kind of that secluded from everything? Another family. You get another got family it. situation going on there. Yeah. You got 35 people that live out in the middle of nowhere. And they've got a bond. You got to get to know each other. You've right? got to. There's going to be fights. There's going to be fucking. There's gonna... <laughs> yeah, it's got to be everything. All, all of that. That's where that's where network TV came from. Right <laughs> <laughs> that dynamic of, of having a family, right? right? So what? Obviously, that you can't do that forever. I mean, I can't. I can't do that forever. No, you made it back to Austin. Plus, I had a two subsidy year old kid. Yeah, you know, I kind of. It was kind of an escape hatch for me. Did you understand what it was? So here's the interesting thing. I'm a guy right now. Like as of this moment, I'm a guy. (laughs) I'm not a father. Right. I'm a dog owner. Different. Not a father. But that moment in which I have a child and they're born, I'm a father. Like, how, how does one? 
there's many fathers. There's, there's millions and millions of fathers, right? Yeah. Is that a hard thing to to kind of see yourself as? I think it. I think it lets itself happen to you pretty naturally. Yeah. You know, the moment like the moment I had his wet squealing right body in my hand was like the. I mean, there's a. It's all different now. Yeah. Right. I think there's a chemical change that happens in your body at it's that. It's got to be. It's yeah. interesting. But it, was it just a kind of an overwhelming feeling? Just having to, to, to be a father because you take, I mean, so not getting into a lot of my background, but like, they've got, I've got father issues. I certainly do, right? <laughs> definitely <laughs> do, definitely do. And is it just, uh, it seems like everything's cool now, but you had to take some time to kind of process that? The the kid part was the easy part. The, the, the divorce the thing divorce was the hard part. part. Yeah. Basically, the, the girl that worked for me at Stubbs called me. Mm-hmm. Like, which is weird. She was calling me from a satellite phone in remote Alaska. Oh, that's crazy. She said, I don't know what you're doing right now, but we just fired the chef here. We're two weeks into the season, and they've got nobody to run this kitchen. Wow. And I thought, you would be great for it. Here's my owner's number. I called the dude. Mm. We talked for 40 minutes. Good good chat, I guess. Yeah, he said, uh, all right, well, here's the deal. If you want it, call me back. I'll buy a plane ticket tomorrow, and you'll be on your way. Wow. I hang up. I call my kid's mom. Say, look, I've got this thing, mm-hmm. you know. We've got a friend of ours that will totally watch this kid, you know, my yeah. part of the time. And mm-hmm. uh, I've got a chance to make a whole bunch of money and do this. I'll be gone four months. What do you think? And she's yeah. like, you do whatever the fuck you want to do. And well, I'm she- like, well, okay. <laughs> Did you take her for a word instead of the tone? Because the tone I, could really define that. When I, called, when I called her back and said, all right, I'm leaving at like 11 o'clock in the morning, so I'm going to come over and get Linus and hang out tonight before. Yeah. And she's like, you're going. You're what? What? <laughs> I didn't I think. I thought you just told me to go. Yeah. You just, you, you actually said, just, just go. said it. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, the utter confusing. Oh, she said, I didn't think you'd really do it. <laughs> See? Have you ever said something to somebody thinking that they wouldn't do it? Absolutely. Have you? Okay. Yeah. I've, I never could. It's uh, like, oh, I dare you to punch me. I know they're gonna fucking punch me, so I'm not gonna threaten. <laughs> no empty threats. Like, I know oh yeah, gonna do my it. filter can be a little thin. <laughs> <laughs> so you came back after about two years. So I did that. I did that for a summer. Mm-hmm. Came back here for a winter. Uh, worked out there at Austin Country Club doing banquets for oh, a winter. Still cooking, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back up again for another summer, mm-hmm. came back. Uh, at this point, when I get back, um, I had been, I had held my house when I was here. I had an acre in Sunset Valley. Oh, cool. That I bought for 70 grand in Dude, 94. I can't imagine what, do you still have it? Oh, no. Oh, damn it. Oh, no. I couldn't afford the taxes on that thing now. If I did. Actually, their taxes are cheap in Sunset Valley. Yeah. But. If I have one regret, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be that millions I lost. For, yeah, for the millions, yeah. literal millions that I yeah. let go. We'll I did laugh five. about it now. Yeah, we have to laugh about it. Yeah, there's no other thing. So you know, I go through that, and uh, and my kid's mom is dating a rock star that lives in Seattle. Oh man, somebody worth n- noting. Uh, Greg Dooley from Afghan Wigs, yeah. of which you opened for. <laughs> yeah. Did she yeah, we, meet it? We did know she, each other. Did she meet him at the show? No, she actually oh, met my. him when he got his ass kicked at uh, at Liberty Lunch. The security beat him and put him in the hospital, and no that's when she kidding. met him. So they've been dating on and off for a little while, and she's yeah. like, I want to move to Seattle, and I know you like the mountains, and I know you're crazy about the mountains, and I was a 
let's do this. Yeah. So Be- beautiful place. I would beautiful. I would love to live there. It's beautiful. So how she's like name the day. I'm like four months from now, mm-hmm. July first, whatever day, whatever day it was. Yeah. And about two and a half weeks, <laughs> I, I sold my house. I bought a. 28-foot travel trailer mm-hmm. and parked it in what used to be a trailer park where Maria's Taco Shack is on okay. South Lamar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and work construction under the table. Right. Banking. Just of course, man. Getting just pockets getting full. Yeah. It's getting to be that time. I've got a house-sitting gig right across Lamar mm-hmm. for the last couple of weeks so in you town. you there, right? And then you got your trailer. Everything. I've got my all my possessions loaded up on a flatbed. I'm yeah. ready to go. She says, it's going to be like two months maybe before i'm ready to go i'm like well what i gotta go what's she waiting for uh getting her shit together i see yeah well you i mean you did it pretty quick I you put up, it in the trailer i ended up living in uh living in portland for three years waiting oh, for her man. to get her shit together Ama- and it never amazing. happened how was it then i uh, love portland it's portland beautiful. 99 to 01 perfect oh god it was great so good speaking of heroin problems though <laughs> <laughs> well i managed to avoid that yeah, situation good, good. there yeah. How, so, did you end up finally making your way up to Seattle? What she never, got her shit together? No, no, she it just, never happened. She finally said, uh, "You know, I, in that time, in that three years, I uh, she came out three times. Mm-hmm. We went around. We looked at apartments. I had jobs lined up for her at badass bars. Yeah. And, uh, she made a boyfriend with a tattoo artist in town. Man. And once my kid came up to visit me, and he's like, my mom's friend, Chris, my mom's friend, Chris, you know. my mom's friend, Chris. I was like, you're not coming, are you? She's like, no. Man. Packed it up, drove back. Oh, that's a funny story. Coming back from Portland, mm-hmm. same thing, flatbed trailer, all of my possessions on it. Yeah. Uh, pocket full of money, no, no time limit, no schedule. Yeah, nothing tying you down either. At my going away party, one of my friends uh, gives me a magic eight ball. Uh-huh. You know, the toys, not, the, do, right? not yeah. the magic eight ball. No, yeah, Coke, <laughs> Coke wasn't popular in Portland then. What are we, what are we talking about? <laughs> Maybe now. But. So I traveled back from Portland by magic eight ball. You just asked the questions and it determined? Devil's Gulch, eight ball, what do you think? It is certain. Amazing. Turn the wheel, go in. 34 days. On the road. 34 Part days two. it took me to get from Portland to, to Austin. Any traveling adventures my Magic from that, that trip? I can't imagine the places you saw, man. Uh, I spent a lot of time in southern Utah. I love that. Yeah, I used to, uh, southern's totally... Moab's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Dude, so beautiful. Canyonlands. Like, I did 11 days out in Canyonlands. Where's the Canyonlands? Canyonlands is uh, a little north of Archer, Arches. Okay, okay, okay. It's yeah. the big, big park. Yeah. It has like 14 camping spaces isn't it weird it? how when you're driving so the more south you go in utah it's like oh it's kind of just regular brown 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 red always it's almost like a line yeah and you cross it and everything's red the yeah. rocks are red the sand's it's crazy red. it is so insane and maybe it's something to do with there was a like bonneville i think was the big lake that dried up over time yeah big salt lake salt iron deposits and yeah shit. something like that it's uh it's gorgeous there it is beautiful september Oh man! Uh, actually, that uh, October actually was when I was going through. So it was yeah. beautiful. So it's a good. It is fodder for a novel. <laughs> <laughs> the great American novel budget boy. Well, had uh, had the guitar with me. Wrote about twelve songs in that on that trip. Oh wow! Acoustic songs. Yeah, it got to be acoustic, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they turned them into some stuff. Yeah. When I got back to town, I started playing with a buddy of mine that had the home studio going, mm-hmm. and we recorded some stuff and. 
those songs are laying off somewhere doing nothing. Yeah. But well, it doesn't matter. Until about, until about uh, three months ago. No kidding. You guys started, resurrected uh, it? Started working on them? Started playing with uh, Steven Weisberg, that one of the owners of the Townsend. Oh, cool. Uh, really talented dude. Mm-hmm. The he, nu- uh, opening, uh, grand opening of the Townsend, he told me a couple of days before, he's like, I want to play... I want to play some songs with you at the grand opening. Oh, wow. I said, oh, all right, well, what do you want to do? Let's do something easy. We, mm. He's like, I want, let's play I Want to Be Sedated. Nice. I was like, cool, let's play I Want to Be Your Dog, and we'll just there play the I Want to we'll Be just do songs. All the, I Want to Something, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so got up, played Steven on drums, me on guitar, uh, Dominique Davalos, a uh, girl in town. She uh-huh. plays in the Blue Bonnets and some other oh, stuff. Cool, cool. She's got a long, a long, great career. Yeah. Played bass with us. The next day, he says, uh, we should start a band. We played really well together. We should start a band. Oh, and so here it is, cool. three months later, we've got a five-piece band, Saints of our... Second Chances. It is a, a very, it's a harbinger of success, that time, that name of that band. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, it's a, there's a bunch of things getting second chances in this. You know, the songs that we've all written yeah. years ago, the guitar all... that's been sitting gathering dust in my room yeah everything uh, kind of coming to life again yeah it's so but at some point i mean you're in portland that's bound to be it was uh, the morgenthaler the morgenthaler what, what do you want to call it the uh, dynasty <laughs> was that starting to it had not it? started it yet it, right? at that point because that's what early 2000s probably yeah probably oh four maybe okay and that's starting to, to happen but yeah when, so when did you make that shift though from doing the cooking to the cocktailing uh, not that it's that different. I mean, the, the so here here's the thing. The reason that, that I love to talk about music is not only because I love music, but music to me is at the heart of every cocktail because there's a low note, yeah. mid note, treble. There's th- really the holy trinity. Three, you can do two notes, but let's be honest, three notes is the, the perfect balance, right? That's the chord. Yeah. Nirvana, you talk about, well, the doors is a four piece, unfortunately. But yeah, the, <laughs> I, actually, I'm at a loss to throw. The Minutemen, three piece, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So it's just one of those things that it's like the simplest way to distill flavors, but music is one of these things that is very metaphoric when you talk about flavors and cooking, but specifically with cocktails. So do you, do you remember that first experience where you're like, oh shit, drinking is delicious too. It has art to it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it happened uh, with wine. Ah, I think it was. Uh, that was what the the first. That was the first thing that I ever sat down with eight other people and mm-hmm. listened to somebody talk about with five glasses in front of me, right? And and started to pull notes out of liquid. I don't, you know, I'd been cooking for a dozen or ten years by yeah, this wow. by this point, and. You know, breaking a breaking a sprig of thyme under your nose is uh-huh. one thing, but like swirling a glass of big, rich Cabernet under your nose, yeah. pull out the Far more dimensional. saddle leather, you know, out of it. Yeah. And having somebody go, do you get the saddle leather? And going, I do. I do yeah. get the saddle leather. Yeah. <laughs> That's, Thank you for asking. That yeah. was the big thing. My transition from, from cooking, uh, it really happened... I started working um, catering bars oh, for okay. a friend of mine that was doing catering things. So yeah. it's a lot of, you know, cracking beers and opening sure, wine and sure. doing all of that stuff. But um, hadn't waited tables in years and having mm-hmm. that interaction with the guest 
was you something missed that? that I missed it. Yeah. yeah, it's you know what? There's something about us that play on stage that it translates into other areas. Of oh, life. it totally does. I'll tell you, I'll be perfectly honest. This feels like like not like we're we're performing together here right now. Oh, right? we're riffing. Yeah, we're for sure. Riffing. It's absolutely, we're, it's instrumentation. We're just going back and forth. Yeah. And so I get that, man. And and working with uh, Jason Cosmos was talking about it. Like he misses being on. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's one person that could teach a bunch of people about being on yeah. that dude. Yeah, he's a brilliant guy. Uh, uh, he was working at Cowboy with me for a while. I didn't know that. Uh, we were working Friday nights together. It's like, at one point, there was a dream team there. And it's I feel it's so weird. Like, Javier is in here tomorrow night. Oh, that's so, awesome. Dude, I, Michael Phillips. <laughs> Michael Phillips. Justin Elliott's in next week. Yeah. So it's like, I'm just covering the whole... If Dressel <laughs> comes back for any reason, I'm just going oh, to Oh, you'll get him too, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to get all the guys. But it's, I mean, it's a... In this cocktail scene, it's like, that was a... That was a... Uh, we really called formidable. It, yeah, group. we called it the wayward, the wayward, or the how, the halfway house for wayward bartenders is what we called that thing. <laughs> oh yeah, and Adam was there at one point too. Adam Dude, was there. You guys had every, Josh Loving. I mean, it's, yeah, so it was huge. Stephen Robbins oh, was another one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, soon, soon. Can we. Shit, we even had Rachel Del Rocco in there. Yeah, dude. Jen Kaiser. Yep. For yeah. Sure. I remember. I remember all like the early days of Midnight Cowboy, and of course Bill with his sleight of hand on top of. You oh know, yeah. Kind of gotten things. It was it was good, but but that wasn't your first foray into craft cocktails, was it? No. Um, I made the full shift. Uh, there was a restaurant on South Con- South Congress called the Woodland. Oh, that's uh, a little kind of. It's Little Barrel and Brown now. That's right. Yeah. It was yeah. right north of that, of Voltorf, right? Where the H-E-B is? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine opened that place, and uh, and I told him, I said, man, we were having drinks one night, and I was like, man, I want to smile again, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> wrists me, hurt. My yeah. back hurts. My knees hurt. Right. I just want to, you know. I want my smile to hurt, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to smile, which I wasn't doing. I also wanted to stop letting go of something that I've been working on to make beautiful and let it go and never see the reaction. There's a joy yeah. to making somebody a great drink and setting it down in sure. front of them and having it's, them lift it to their lips. and have, There's a moment to that. Yeah. Yeah, you can share that. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so I took over the bar there and that was a, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call it that a craft scene, but it was fresh juice sure. and quality spirits. Yeah, for and, sure. Um, you know. Be- a better made cocktail. Yeah. The first, I mean, the, the, every, everything's got to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Went from there, Parkside for a little while. Oh, great. Yeah, it's great. Open Pesce. I didn't know that. Yeah, I opened Who, up who Pesche. was uh, over there with you at Pesce when you guys opened? Uh, that would be um, Russell Davis. No shit. Me and Russell Davis were the team behind that bar. The human liability, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I think he has a lot of nicknames. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love Russell. Yeah. Uh, he, I've... You know, you talk about uh, about Jay mm-hmm. being like the consummate service. You know, he right. just makes you feel so at home, no matter who you are, why you're there, whatever. Yeah. It, you, you're you're just comfortable having a conversation with him. Absolutely, uh, Russell. I think you're comfortable if you are in business with him about everything getting promoted just right, because uh, that dude can promote something like nobody's business. Right. But so now he's in L.A., right? Yeah, makes sense. Makes Good spot for him. I'm glad that I'm glad you guys didn't make it out there to try to get that record deal. Could have uh, molested your ethics, oh, so to yeah, speak. For what for what it's worth. <laughs> so yeah, so you I I will look fondly again at the the Midnight Cowboy Crew. That's a, 
a world class place. There's some things happening there. There's some brilliant minds working there. What did you did and you the freedom? Them? I yeah. think that's really a key to that place. Is um, is that uh, Tim League has given us really the longest leash yeah. in town to just be that weird that weird mixture of classic mm-hmm. and innovative. Sure, just like the draft house is. Yeah, I mean that's that's the culture. That's what Tim founded. That's I mean at least in my opinion, right? Yeah, it's like it really is. Let's blend old with new. Yeah, yeah, and that's great that he gives you that kind of, and that's, kind of liberty. And that's what's going on there. It's a. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we drink I know. cowboy. Yeah, why, why not? <laughs> we kind of went, went in cowboy. We have a little bit of a reputation for it, but some of at, yeah. sometimes that's when some of the best things happen it, it it is it can truly be a spark for inspiration now sometimes it can be the opposite the spark of folly yeah but often a, a 99 times out there. of 100 at cowboy when there's when there's a good level of party going on people are there's there's hugs and mm-hmm. high fives and phone numbers being exchanged yeah. and regulars being made that's great you know that's really thank good. you you made me the best cocktail i've ever had in my life and you're like wow i better write that one down because yeah. i just made <laughs> that I up hardly remember <laughs> <laughs> vodka with that uh put vodka in something it's like vodka soda i, I don't know something something so yeah. when you move but you moved out you're still are you still a cowboy yeah Working some shifts and i did two i well. did two at cowboy and two at townsend cool. right now but you went to open a place Right on West, on West 6th? 6th, yeah. Was uh, it? it was called Tapasitas. Tapasitas, yeah. Yeah, it was in that. Uh, it was in the the built the restaurant in front of uh, Restaurant Jezebel. Yeah, it is kind of like diagonal to Whole Foods, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. How was that experience? Because it was uh, this was from what I remember in the meeting. This is before I even knew you. I only really got a chance to meet you here recently, which is one very memorable thing for me. Good, great time, had a great time, and but I read about you like that being the thing, like that was somehow your chariot, that particular that, project. That's how it was supposed to go. Yeah. Um, what happened? I think. Well, I, I initially was drawn into that by a by a husband and wife kind mm-hmm. of management team that I worked with at Podgy House, which was oh, another cool. place, yeah. that bar that I ran for a while. Um, and I wanted to work with her, with them again, uh, specifically mm-hmm. Tori, the the wife. She was She's a marketing master. Yeah. Um, between them, they have a million friends. Uh, they were sense. They were excited about it. They really did a great design on the place. Right. The, the rebranding of a of a failure yeah, was happening yeah. really well. Uh, I brought in, I, I think I wrote a pretty good cocktail list. Yeah, I, had, I heard it was great. I, I had uh, Jen Kaiser, Brian Dressel, yeah. Aaron Frescus, Adam, Brian mm-hmm. behind the bar. All-star a, team. All-star no team. No lack of talent. Should have gone great. Had a huge, beautiful patio over Shoal Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything should have gone fine. And they just dropped the ball marketing wise. Just people didn't come or the, the, the quality of food wasn't there. Or? The, I think the the food, the food got better. <laughs> Let's say that. Right, right. Um, I think you know one of the things that killed us uh, was that our landlord was the Cirrus Logic Company, mm-hmm. uh, and that guy that runs that company, really great guy, mm-hmm. especially to his employees. Um, every Friday, he throws a happy hour for his employees from four to six. That's cool in that space. That's that's good, right? Yeah, except. That it's closed to the public. Oh. 
Actually, it's not every Friday because every third Thursday they would close for the same period of time Mm. and have a live band outside. And that would be from three to seven. Close to the public. Close to the public. So once somebody comes to your place. Prime time. Prime time. Sorry. Oh, yeah. They don't come back. That's that's a terrible business move on his part. He didn't care though. Serious logic, man. It's kind no. of funny, right? Uh, and I think the owner of the space didn't really care because he was getting paid, right? In his yeah, re- oh yeah. And that's his rent was nothing because of these cha- you know trades that were going on. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the killers of the place. Uh, How do you do? You feel? Are you okay with what happened? I mean, it seems like it would be pretty upsetting. Yeah, uh, you know, I saw it kind of going down, and I got out at a time before it had any Broke chance to hurt me <laughs> good work yeah <laughs> yeah i never ever do that either no so so this one is different you must have known was it the magic eight ball it was like yeah <laughs> it is certain it is certain <laughs> get the hell out of here well i kept cowboy the whole time that was a funny a funny uh negotiation at the table uh-huh. uh me sitting there and they're talking to me about being the bar manager of this place i said yeah. okay well here's Here's the deal. I have to be off every every Saturday night because I'm going to work at Midnight Cowboy. Right. And the guy's Ooh. like, bar manager off every Saturday night? I was like, the balls on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've always said that I won't leave Cowboy until... Someone drags I have, you out of there? Yeah, until I have to. Yeah. Until they drag me out, like, kicking and screaming. It's a great room. Yeah, it is. I mean, no room like it. I was opening... A, some bars and restaurants for a guy down in the valley. For about two years, I was driving. The first two years of Cowboy, uh-huh. I was driving up 360 miles on Friday afternoon to oh, work man. Friday and Saturday night. That's how much I love that place. Destination workplace. Who has that? Nobody has that. Well, you know, uh, when you're a when you're a private contractor, the IRS credits you 55 cents a mile on your. Oh, that's not so bad. <laughs> So that's not so bad. 760 miles a week. You do the math, how that you, works yeah, out. Yeah, and you're delivering taxes. papers at the same time. So they get some <laughs> some cost on the papers, 55 cents on the gas. Shit, you're making, you're making money <laughs> on making that. making money. Yeah. 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 Well, so tell me about when... Well, actually, you know, I, we'll, we'll talk about the bottle here. What we've selected... I, I, I think these bottles that, that everybody that comes in that they pick like is very, very telling about who they are. Yeah. And you've picked the old Charter 10... Had, this is actually the second time that it's shown up, and I have it. I suspect after about twelve months of doing this, that I'll be down to about one bottle of. You're gonna have to start eBaying <laughs> that start, shit again. Yeah, like, no, hey, uh, I got some mezcals here. You should, uh, you should try. <laughs> Maybe you need to move the mezcals up to the higher shelf. Let's <laughs> see. That's a that's a great point of sale point. Like, yeah, if it's a high level, though, they want it. But Old Charter Ten, which they don't make. This was Buffalo Trace Juice, I think. At some mm-hmm. point, I mean, at least Old Charter Eight's Buffalo Trace Juice. This is a full ten years. This is basically one of the most pleasant bourbons I've ever had. I agree. Yeah. The perfect balance between wood and corn. It's, wood it's insane, and grain. right? And it's just smooth. Mm-hmm. Like, At, what did you say? It's I think it's 45. 45. Check it. Yeah, check it. Make sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's you can bathe in that. It won't burn. <laughs> it's insanely good. And it's, it's done. You know, they're not making it yeah. anymore. I remember the billboards when I was a little kid. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Do you know you know Dave and Joe? Yeah. Yeah. So when they got married, apparently there was an old charter pop up bar that oh, I missed. I missed that thing too. It was a beautiful wedding, but I, I had to. I mean, you know. yeah. I was holding out for uh, Elton John tickets that oh, never that never did, happened. Did they come through. <laughs> Damn it, fucking Elton John, man! I tell you, 
So, but, so well, it's good. It's a good pick. I'm, I'm glad. I'm really, really yeah. I appreciate you sharing it with me. Oh, sure. It's wonderful stuff. It's it plastic cap. Who thought that it's a brilliant bourbon, right? <laughs> it's like if that's any indication of quality. But well, so you, I love the little leaf. Oh, dude, the, yeah, the etched the little, leaf on the bottle. Yeah. It's just, that's classy. There's the gold foil stamping around the side of the label. Yeah. I mean, that is, to me, old school bourbon, execute, elegantly executed. Brilliant, brilliant. Totally stuff. agree. So well, and that's, is, where our, that's where our friendship began to flourish, was talking yes, about the d- about wonderful taste of whiskey. I uh, have tried to <laughs> hold my resentment for you taking the old Forrester birthday <laughs> bourbon 2015 <laughs> bottle in your backpack. Now, that is my fault for not carrying a backpack regularly. That's too... <laughs> Hide well, that booze. was so funny. That guy when we when we walked back in that room yeah. where they were keeping the bottles from the blind tasting, right, right. And he walked up and like lifted my backpack that was over my shoulder, and I was like, "This dude thinks that I'm going to steal his bourbon." <laughs> and I was like, "What's going on?" He goes, "Ah, just that's empty. There's so much room in that backpack, man." <laughs> I said, "Empty?" He said. I'm not taking all this bourbon with me. I was like, that's all you had to say. <laughs> Started looking for all the numbers that I was like, I love that. I love that. That's love amazing. That. Yeah. Did you take with the Woodford Reserve double oak? I did get the double oak. I, I knew you took it. That's <laughs> a great. The, it's a great. I got the birthday, too. the 1870, 1894. 18, yeah, the old Forster. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one too. And I got the uh, the Indian Scotch. Uh, Emirate. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff is good too. Damn it, man. I know. I cleaned up. Yeah, you cleaned up. I just remembered all the, weirdly enough, I remembered all the numbers of the ones I liked. Did you really? Yeah. So I I can't remember that. Bing, 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 bing. That's a bit great, great. I made it. Yeah, I made out with like seven bottles. (laughs) This is you admitting you're a son of a bitch publicly. Yes. Yes. So so I've been to the towns in a couple times now. You guys got a fucking brilliant staff. It's insane. Kristen's there. Bob's there. Justin's there. Yeah. Um, You're there. I love the back bar. It's a beautiful place. How's it going? How how's your experience been so far? It's it's getting better every week. Yeah. Um we had a pretty good pretty good start. Mm-hmm. And um we're really starting to see some some rhythm good. to it. Yeah, cuz you in a sense maybe this is a strong word, but you're pioneering the concept on that part of 6th. Uh Congress. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, yeah that part of Congress. Yeah. We're from Paramount. Yeah, I mean, it's not done, really. There's not proper on Congress I, that I can remember. That part, there's not a proper cocktail bar. No. It's probably um, not a place that's that The closest, beautiful. well, I mean, we, I'd say if we're, if we're the pioneers, yeah. then, uh, then Josh Loving would be the Lewis and Clark yes. out there <laughs> mapping because he's had that spot you know, over on 7th Street. That's true. For getting but, on two years now. I know, man, but... It's close. It's close. Yeah. But I keep hearing close. Oh, I was in the... I'm losing hope. I was in there, I guess, probably a month ago, How's and it's it? gorgeous. It? I'm so excited for them to open. I think it'll be great. So Is we've that, got that. I talk about to people, I'm like, well, garage, you know, it's pretty close. And they're like, yeah. that's not all that close. I'm like, no, it's, it's like four It's close-ish, for yeah. sure. It feels far for some reason. I, don't I want... guess because it's one... Up and over. One, yeah, it's an up and over thing. Yeah. So, um, and then Small Victory, and then uh, Scranton is taking over the shoe hospital next door to oh, us right. at Townsend. Yeah, that demo should start pretty soon. So you know, kind of going to transform it probably. Yeah, in when a year to- we're gonna we're gonna have a, a little triad or quadrangle. It's a, a quadrangle, I like it. Uh, whatever. Some it polygon form. <laughs> <laughs> some some way to to make a loop of four bars, and that's all you'd really need to hit in yeah. a night. Yeah, and then and you don't never have to get go to Rainy. Even though you still go to half step, correct? 
Chris. Still got to. I still got to have. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. have to go. But that's that's actually good. You build a little ecosystem out there. Yeah. And then some more food trucks. Maybe will end up down there. There's a couple spots to eat. And then you've got your own. They're putting up two hotels, one on the corner of 7th and Congress, and another mm-hmm. one in the old Hickory Street, whatever. Oh, really? is another okay, little yeah. hotel going oh, there's there. There's a hotel going there. little boutique It'd have thing. to be small, because that was in a really big it's space. It's not a big space. That's cool. So You're looking forward to the future, then, I imagine. Yeah, it's good, good stuff. Yeah, well, and there's other stuff that I don't know if I'm allowed to talk oh, about. No, I don't know if Jay, if Jay talked about our plans, but Jay and I are... Uh, he, we've talked about... I hope that this becomes a place in which people can share things. <laughs> you know, I mean that's that's all that I really hope, and and it's it's just cool to to talk about people's passions and kind of where they've been. And I mean, man, you've had a hell of a ride. There's no no chance it's close to stopping. You no, know, it's still I'm still in full throttle. What's what are you? What's what's the thing that you're like, man? I wish I had done that. Because it seems like you traveled the road like Kerouac. You toured a bit. You got to be in Dallas in the heyday of their music form. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's pretty I think colorful. If I, missed, if I missed anything, it was probably that the opportunity that I had um, before my kid was born mm-hmm. to to do that that Southern Hemisphere run all the way down to Argentina, oh, you know, wow. get down there. That's still kind of a dream yeah. thing of me. You know, so, people I mean, talk about, have you been to Scotland? Have you been here or there? And I'm like, oh. Soon. Yeah. The Eastern or, you know, that hemisphere. Yeah. But yes. I definitely want to go tour Scotch distilleries and everything, but man, I want to, I want to get down into South America and really check, check all of that out before wow. it gets, before it, it's too much. I mean, it's, it's logged. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Well, it's been it's been brilliant chatting, man. And I, uh, <laughs> I I love I love the music stuff. And I it's been really cool getting to know you. And I imagine this will not be the last bourbon that we drink together. No, 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 man. Thanks so much for for stopping by. My chat. pleasure, man. This has been a great time. Thank you. Wow. Well, there you go. There's my chat with Jeff Boley, the guy who has seen it. And been there. I I think right now we should kind of start a campaign. We should all rally together. We should implore Jeff to write a memoir. Because some of the things he's seen, I don't even think we scratched the surface, man. I really don't. I appreciate you tuning in, downloading, streaming, whatever the hell it is that you're doing to hear these mangled words. But thanks for listening to Show to V. And please keep dancing. Keep dancing.